the day before yesterday is when I was going about something. I was doing something in the house and the Lord dropped this word in my heart. Don't just go through the valley. Grow through the valley. Don't just go through your pain. Grow through that pain. Don't just go through your problems. Grow through them. Let us see a different Jemima after that situation, after that challenge. Let us see a different Peter after what they are going through. And I was taken to that scripture in Psalms 23. I will not read it now. I will read it sometime later. The psalmist says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I was looking at what does it mean to be in a valley? Or what does the valley represent in the Bible? Or talks about, or really mean? And I realized that most of the battles, even in the Old Testament, they took place in a valley. Most of the battles. They would go to a valley, or rather they would take them, they would not fight from the plains. They would not fight on the mountains. They would go to a valley. And just this morning, I went to read the book of Samuel, and we'll read the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, when David was fighting with Goliath. And I'll just highlight a verse, verse 2. If you can go with me there. 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verse 2. Verse 2 says, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and they drew a battle array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley in between them. And I was wondering, why was it happening that these people would fight in a valley? It gives you a greater advantage when you are at the valley because you can see across the plains. You can see from across. You can see far and wide. But many times when you go through the valley, we find ourselves in situations. You've, you know, last Sunday we were talking about the God of the mountains. Is still the God in the valleys. On the mountains, there is rest. There is everything. There is dew, there is water, there is greenery, there is pasture, there is everything. But wait until you start going down the valley. Or rather, sometimes you may be going down the valley, you may be climbing up as you go towards the mountain. Either way, you will encounter a valley in between. And what happens? In the valley, there is a lot of bushes. There are a lot of bushes. In the valley, there, are, there is a lot of dust. In the valley, there are, there are things you have to encounter. There are struggles. There is climbing up. There is going down. Either way, the force of gravity is fighting with you. You are at war even with yourself. Even your feet refuses to move. They refuse. Whether you are climbing, they refuse to climb. When you are going down, they, they, they either want to take you faster than you can carry yourself and you can easily fall. In the valley is where all battles take place. Battles with your enemies from without and battles from within. That is where you encounter battles of all kinds. You encounter battles from your enemies and you also encounter battles with your friends. You encounter battles with those people, colleagues at work, in the marketplace, you also encounter battles with your family, within your family. You find that you have no friend. You find that you are all alone. In the valley, you've got to hold it together because you are all alone. You cannot depend even on your pastor. In the valley, you cannot depend even on your neighbor. 
in the valley you cannot depend on your friend on your closest friend BFF as we call them you cannot depend on anyone because even at that point you don't know who to trust and who not to trust in the valley it's where all battles take place and it's where you are refined we sang a song this morning refiner's fire my heart's one desire is to be whole do you know what it calls for you to be refined gold without ref- being refined is dust it looks like clay it looks unacceptable you you can easily miss it actually you can easily miss gold if it has not been refined if it has not been refined if it has not grown the, gone through the process you can easily miss it but when it goes through the fire then it is refined it becomes gold and everyone including a small baby will see something glittering and they want to hold on to it it becomes appealing it becomes attractive but would you want to go through that kind of fire that that gold goes through that is what the exact thing that happens to you when you are up on the valley but now i want to put a question across to us because whether when you are in the valley you will still come out but would you come out better or would you come out worse would you come out alive or would you come out dead because it's a point of reckoning it's a place where you decide with yourself you hold a meeting with yourself and tell yourself lucy i am going to come out of this alive i am going to come out of this stronger i am going to come out of this a better person i am not just going to come out of this but i am going to grow through this i will be a better person than i was before i entered or started in that journey going through the valley and david This morning the Lord just dropped in my heart that David, you know, you know the battle, you know, you know what happened? The, the battle between David and Goliath, the children of Israel and the Philistines. I won't go through the whole scripture. But what happened is that David when he said he's going to fight this man and bring him down in that valley, everyone else was like uh they were shot. They 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 were they just allowed him. Even the king Saul himself just allowed him because there was no other volunteer. even he himself as the king could not stand and say yes i will fight so he, i mean he was just a young boy a meaningless from some family which he was not known so it was like yeah there was no other option i mean he he's senior majitolea siajitolea too i mean there was no loss for the israelites whether david is killed or not but this man when he was down the valley this young man when he was down the valley he had tried actually before he went down the valley David, uh, Saul tried to put his armory on him. Lesson number one. never try an armory that you have not tested. David tried on that armory. He tried the helmet. He tried the breastplate. He tried the sword. It was too heavy for him. He could not go into war with it. He had to be himself. He was not using the armory. That kind of armory was not using it when he killed the bear. when he killed the lion in the in the wilderness he did not use a sword he did not use a javelin he did not use he did not have a breastplate he had no shield with himself jesus himself was his shield god himself was the was the man of war he was the one who helped him bring down the bear bring down the lion and he realized this king is giving me his armor his armory his you know his protection his gear his war gear to go with it to, to the war It might have been the best because he was the king, 
But he tried it and he couldn't just move. And that's what we are saying. Please, brethren, you may be admiring someone out there who is very skilled, who sings a very good, who when they sing this song, the, the heavens just come down. Please don't go and sing that song. Because that song is not, I mean, it, it is not your amari. It is not your, am, am I talking to someone in the worship team? That is not your song. That is not your amari. That is not your, that is not what is going to bring the heavens down. It happens for, it happens for, for, for Teresa. It won't happen for me when I do it. I must know what works for me. I must understand what works for me, what brings down the enemy. And I have to remember what I did in the past, how God used me in the past for me to be able to conquer in the present, that in the valley. And something happens to David in the valley. Do you know that David did not go with his stones? Yeah? The stones he used to fight Goliath with, he had not carried them. He had not chosen them. He had not prayed for them. That I will pick this one and not pick this one. Hmm? He picked them in the valley. At that point is when he picked them. And this is what the Lord would say to us when you are going through the valley of the shadow of death. Look out for a weapon because your weapon is in that darkness. What is going to bring down the enemy is in that darkness. What is going to work for you is a jewel that is hidden in that valley. Your sword is a jewel that is hidden in that valley. Many of us just want to go through the, through the darkness because you are seeing some tunnels, some light somewhere and you want just to walk. You don't just care. You are not even caring. You feel them, you just throw them behind you like you are swimming and all you want is to get to the end. All you want is to get to the light. The Lord, there are jewels there. Take your time. Identify what is my jewel here. It could be patience. The Lord is trying your patience. And he wants you, after this experience, to come out a better you. Maybe you never had patience in your life. You are quick-tempered. And you get angry so quickly. You, don't, you do something and then you realize, hey, I acted at that moment of anger and I did disaster. I shouldn't have done that. And the Lord decides he's going to give you a valley moment so that he tests and gives you patience. That patience, you will not see it. You will not see it until you, in that moment in the valley, you open your eyes and tell the Lord, help me identify the jewel. Help me identify the weapon that I might use to bring this enemy down. He saw the stones. He took them. He never had second thought. He used just one, and it brought down the giant. You just need to exercise that patience, that love, a little generosity, a little self selflessness. I want us to read from the book of Numbers, chapter 32, verse 9. So many things happen when you are down the valley. For when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the, the heart of the children of Israel so that they did not go to the land which the Lord had given them. When they went up the valley, they saw the land. They saw the land that God had promised them. It is there with all its riches, with all its goodness. Yet, 
they discouraged the children of Israel. You know who we are talking about here? If you read this story, you realize that the, the 12 tribes of Israel, there were two tribes that refused to go up to Canaan. The Reubenites and the Gadites. And they, because they, they had, they, they told Moses, we already, they told Joshua, we have, we have our, we have our cattle. We are men of livestock. And we have identified, we have conquered. There are some lands they had, they had conquered down there. And they had said, we have identified this place as our inheritance for us. Please let us not go up the valley. Let us not go to fight. We have already identified our inheritance. And there, there, the other ten tribes, they had nothing to inherit. They needed to go up the valley. They needed to cross over and go and inherit the land of Canaan. You see how people can become selfish. You, because you have identified your place of inheritance, you have livestock, you have become prosperous, you've already reached. And today I want you to speak to some of us. There are two groups of people here. There are people who have already reached. You've not yet gone up the valley. There are people who find themselves, you, know, you find yourself in a family that is well off. You have not uh, walked with, with barefoot. You have not lacked food. You have not, you know, those things, those good things. You have uh, gone through school without you know, struggling with school fees. They are those kind of people. And it is a blessing to find yourself there. And there is also that other people, those other, that other group that need to cross over and inherit their inheritance. Because the inheritance is, they have to go up the valley. And here what Moses is saying, is, uh, or rather Joshua is saying, Moses is saying, there is a, you have to go with us. If you read actually, if, if you read more, let's read more from verse 10. So the Lord's anger was aroused on that day and he swore on us saying, Surely not none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land which I saw to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob because they have not wholly followed me except Caleb the son of Jephneh and Kezanite, Kenizite, hey, Kenizite and Joshua the son of Nun for they have wholly followed the Lord. So the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel and he made them wander in the desert in the wilderness 40 years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was gone. And look, you have risen. Now the Lord is talking about these people who had said, let's not go up to the, mount, to the valley. And look, you have risen in your father's place, a brood of sinful men, to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following him, he will once again leave them in the wilderness. In other words, if you do not go up the valley with them, though your inheritance is down here, if you do not go up with the valley with them, then you, the Lord will, the Lord uh, will leave them in the wilderness. And you, not the Lord, you will destroy these people. You, who is saying you don't want to go up the valley to fight with the others because you have already reached you will destroy the others. Because you will make them not get to their inheritance. You will make them not get the pair of shoes that you already have. You will make them not be able to be... Not, you will hinder their progress. You will hinder their success. You will hinder their breakthrough. You will cause them to wander again in the wilderness. You will be the cause of their destruction. That is what the Lord is saying to this group number one. Let's continue. Then they came near to him and said, we will build sheepfolds here for our livestock and cities for our little ones. Now these are the Reubenites and the Gadites. 
they now told Moses we will we will build sheep folds. Let's continue please if we can go faster. But we ourselves will be armed ready to go before the children of Israel until we have brought them to their place and our little ones will dwell in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until every one of the children of Israel has received his inheritance. I want us this morning to have this attitude. Because the Bible says, if we do not go up the valley, the Lord said, the Moses said, if you don't go up the valley, you will be a distraction. You will be a distraction. You will hinder these people from getting to their inheritance. You already have your inheritance. Yeah? You need to help others get their inheritance. And these people, after Moses talked to them, they said, we will then be, allow us to build the cities and ship food for our, for, our children, for, for our livestock and our children. And then we will leave them and we will come and accompany you up the valley. And we will fight with the enemy. We will fight with the Philistines until the other ten tribes get their inheritance. Then we will come back and enjoy our inheritance. In the two instances, it doesn't matter whether you have arrived. It doesn't matter whether you, are, you still have a valley to climb up to until you get to the mountain and enjoy your inheritance. The Lord requires that you go through the valley. Someone sacrificed for you to be where you are. You must sacrifice for someone else. To get where you are. At least closer to where you are. If not better. You have to climb up. It's not a very good gospel this morning. But you have to fight. You have to go through the valley. The valley experience is not a very good experience. It's not fun. It's not holiday. It is war. You could lose your life. You might have, you might have received your inheritance. But you could lose your life for someone else's. It is that serious. Because it's a battle. You could die. You could not go back. You may not go back to your inheritance. But you must go. There, needs, there is need for you to go up the valley. For all of us to be at par. For this Ngong Road to be at par. We all have to fight. We fight some of us. Some of us will be fighting for ourselves. But there are those of us who will be fighting for others. But we all have to fight. Why? Because we are one army. The 12 tribes of Israel. They are not called 10 tribes. They are called 12 tribes. So you are, we are one. There is no poor, there is no rich. There is no tall, there is no short. There is no female, there is no male. We are one. And we have to hold one another's hands. That's why we have a Sunday like this, Care Sunday. We come to bring our food. So that we, those who among us do not have food can have food. So that we are at, at par. When you have your, your, your ugali in the evening, even that other person has their ugali in the evening. You have sacrificed. That is being in the valley. You have given from your pocket. That is saying you are also sacrificing. You are bleeding so that someone else can get food. The valley experience. You must grow through it. You must become a better person. Another interesting scenario in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 14. The things that happen when you are in the valley. The dangers to look out for when we are in the valley. Because things happen in the valley. Enemies. Friends become enemies in the valley. As much as we are soldiers, it's very easy for us to turn against one another in the valley. And the time we took to come from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed over the valley of the, of the Zered was 38 years. Until all the generation of the men of war was consumed in the midst of the camp, just as the Lord had sworn to them. They took 38 years. From the time... They crossed over that valley until the time they went to Canaan, they took 38 years. Why do you think 
the children of Israel took that long before they crossed over to Canaan. In the valley, scenarios play out themselves. You complain. You mama. You hate on one another. You become jealous of the other one. You become envious. You become, you, you become selfish. You start seeing only yourself. You start murmuring against God. Oh, look at so and so. You only bless him. You only give them a car. You don't remember me. When the latest fashion, they are, they are, they are clothed in the latest fashion. Me, I'm just, I just go to Ekomba and Toy Market. You're always complaining. You are not grateful that you even have a piece of cloth on your body. You're not grateful that you can even speak. That mouth that is speaking is, is healthy. That you can even think and reason like that. You're not grateful. We start murmuring, oh, I need a better job. This job is too tiring. This job is too cumbersome. I get so tired by the time I get to the house. I need another job. God, you have given so and so such a good job with flexible time and hours. They are, they are available for ministry. They are available for family. Me, I have to work from 8 to 5, sometimes even uh, half through the, into the night. And you complain and you gamble and you are like, you complain. You cannot see anything good in it. Why then are you in that job? See what If it's not helping you, yeah? Is that food you're eating? You're eating, you're eating that ugali and you're, you know, you're eating and complaining. See what Complaining. Murmuring can delay you. You can take, the time you take in the valley depends on your attitude. The shortness or the longness, if there is a word like that, that you take through the valley experience will be determined by your attitude. Are you positive? Are you negative? Because if you are negative all the time, you see the negative in others. You see the negative in things that are happening. Oh, this manna. The first day you are very grateful the manna came. You are so happy. You are so happy. Then now you start complaining. This manna, I've eaten it day in, day out. I don't need it anymore. And you are not talking to God. You are not even thankful to God that he has given you that manna. And the Lord, the Bible says, he gave them to the last of the flesh. At one time the quails came. They found quails and they were so happy that there was meat in the camp. And as they were eating... God struck them dead because of complaining. And that's what the Bible has said. Until all the men of war were consumed in the valley. We are talking about men of war. Who is a, who is a warrior here? Are you a, are you a soldier? Hiya, we don't have soldiers here. <laughs> Until all the men of war were consumed because of their complaining. They couldn't go through the valley peacefully. They couldn't go through it and see the jewels they are in between. They are what the Lord has been doing for them. It took them 38 years. Some of us are complaining. I'm not growing. My business is not growing. I've done it for 7 years. I've done it for 10 years. Others are coming and overtaking me. Why is it taking you 10 years? You mark timing. The problem is not with the others. The problem is internal. Search your heart. How is your attitude? Are you positive? Are you worshipping through the valley? Are you praising God through the valley? 
Are you saying I will fear no evil? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Do you feel the presence of the Lord in that darkness? Do you hear him in that valley? Many times we hear the Lord when, when we are at a, a point where we are enjoying green pastures and still waters. And uh, you know, everything is cool, everything is quiet, everything is as it should be. The sun is shining, the world is as it should be, everyone is happy, you are happy. That is the time you bless the Lord, that is the time you are thankful. But wait until you lose that job. Until you have no food. Until you have no fees for your children. Until you are chased out of school because you have not paid school fees and your parents are unable. Until you are thrown out of the house or you come and you find two padlocks because you have not paid your rent. You are in arrears. And you immediately, it's like, I don't know, it's like an automatic switch. You forget you are a Christian. And you start complaining. You even start contemplating going to see a witch doctor to get you out of your misery because you are no longer a Christian. You cannot even remember the Lord who has been with you in the past that he is with you in that valley. David says he will fear no evil. He could not fear the giant. Though he came with a javelin and a spear and he was taller than all the tallest and the bigger than all the biggest men in Israel and the, and, and, and Philist, and the Philistines' lands, he said, I will fear no evil for the Lord is with me in the valley and I will identify my stones and I will identify my jewels. Maybe I couldn't love. Let's embrace the valley experience, brethren. The valley experience is where you learn so many things. You learn to love the unlovable. You know, there are those people who you have tried to love, you cannot love them. Eh? It's like you, you really squeeze yourself and push yourself. You really want to love this person. But every time you have, you know, every time you show them kindness, you show them that they are like, they come and they do something and you are left in amazement. You are like, uh-uh, who you? Because to you, you feel this person is unlovable. They can't even show that they want to be loved. You know, there are those kind of people. They have no effort. They, have putting, they don't put any effort even to show that they want to be loved. When you go through the valley, you can get a jewel called love. And love, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sins. You will not be seeing the faults in that person anymore. Even when they do them, they will, you will be like, ah, ako tu hivo, nampenda tu hivo ako. You accept them as they are. In the valleys where you get refined. In the valleys where you get molded. Where you couldn't bend. Uh, you know there are people who, they only believe in their own opinions. That only my opinion counts. You come, you try to change my mind on something and I'm like, no. I will listen, listen, listen. Then whatever I had said at first is what we will still go with. The Lord is saying, embrace the valley experience. Because in the valley, you will be molded, you will be shaped, you will be sharpened, and you will become like him. You cannot be like him if you don't go through the valley. You cannot enjoy your inheritance if you don't go through the valley. 
There are some important lessons we need to learn when we're in the valley. Number one, do not let the negative behavior of others negatively impact your behavior or affect your behavior with others. Because in the valley you will see people who are also negative and they can negatively impact your behavior if you allow them to. And you know at that moment it's very easy to do that, to allow them to because you're vulnerable. You are most vulnerable when you are in the valley. You are most exposed when you are in the valley. You are at your weakest when you are at the valley. Even a small stone can fell you down, can bring you down. A small child can say a word, just one word, and bring you down. Something You may hear even some, someone saying something, as they are passing, or as you are passing. And because you are in the valley moment, you are in the valley season, it breaks your heart. It takes you away from God because you are most vulnerable when you are there. So be advised. Do not let the negative behavior of others negatively affect your behavior with others. Because at that vulnerable moment, it's very easy for you also to harden your heart. Because someone took advantage of you when you are weak. So when you are out of that valley, you become a person who has changed in the negative. You become hard. You become, I have, I'm lacking the right word to use, you become unapproachable. You become stingy. Do not allow. The way others treat you when you are weakest, do not allow it to get to you. Because what happens is you might find yourself reciprocating to others. Not them, but others. Point number two, do not compare your life to others. You could be both at the valley, going through the valley experience, but it's a different valley. Your valley it's not the same as my valley. Do not compare yourself with others. You are unique. And the Lord allows an experience that suits you to come, for you to go through it because He knows what you are in need of. And He knows what He needs to make out of you after you are done with the valley. There is no comparison between the sun and the moon. They both give light, yeah? But one shines in the day and the other shines in the night. Shine in your season. Shine in your season. It's true, the moon draws its light from, from the sun and we have to accept that these are the realities of life. There are some of us who become successful as a result of others. And if you are there, you, are, you become successful and someone needs you to boost them to become successful. And the Lord sends that person your way, please take them in and help them become successful. Because in the night, they are the moon, they will shine in the darkness. We are at different seasons, at different levels. And the Lord chooses you for your uniqueness, the kind of valley that you will go through. The others are climbing and others are descending. But you meet at the valley. So it's very easy for you to think you're going through the same situation with the other person. Do not compare your life 
to others. The other thing, remember that rejection is also God's protection. What you've been desiring from God and he says no. We all learned in school when we were growing up in Sunday school that God has three answers. No, yes, or maybe, or wait. Sometimes God's answer is no. You want this thing, you really want it. You really want it and you God, I must have it now. This is for you you feel this is the season, this is the moment to But the Lord says no. Because it's He is protecting you. It's God's way of protecting you. So don't complain when he says yes to Feb February. Praise the Lord. When he says yes to him and he says no to me. Or to you, please don't complain. Because we can't question God. And that's what happened to the children of Israelites. They complained. They complained. In the valley is where you learn, you come to know God as the lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. You know, to, to those Christians who are, who are growing, who are new believers and they've just known the Lord recently and they've started walking with the Lord, the Lord reveals to himself to them as the lamb. He is kind. He is, he is calm. He is all loving. He is all merciful. He is kind. He is this good God. To those who are growing, you are growing in your Christian walk. You are going up the valley. You start experiencing God as the lion. He roars. When you do something, he roars. He says, no. Hmm? You do something and pastor says, wewe, chini kwanza. The Lord roars. When, you are, when he's molding you in the valley experience, the Lord manifests himself or shows himself as a lion. You at times would feel or think that the Lord does not love you through the valley experience. Because... That is even maybe the time when you are telling him do this, he says no. And you are like, God, when will you ever say yes to me? You used to be so kind to me. You used to, everything you used to say was yes. I mean, I used to ask was yes, 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 yes. What happened? And you start questioning your stand. You start questioning your Christianity. You start questioning your faith. You start questioning God's word. You start questioning his promises. You question everything about God in the valley. Because God wants you to know him as the lion. And to the fully matured Christians, once you go through the valley and you come out, God now reveals himself to you as both the lion and the lamb. So you get to know him. When all things are good, you still worship him. When all things are bad, you still worship him. Because you have relationship with him that you can you can you can you you know you can tell his heartbeat you know when he is saying it's time to repent and you know when he's saying i love you my child through the valley will you accept the lord as the lion when he rejects what you want your requests i want us to look at a scripture in ezekiel chapter 37 ezekiel chapter 37 the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out of the, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. 
He brought me in the midst of the valley. And it was full. Let's stop there. And it was full of bones. Because battles take place in the valley. There are people who get consumed in the valley. They die in the valley. And they become as dead. Deader than dead. Bones. Dry bones. Not just bones, but dry bones. Full of... The valley was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all round, and behold, there were very many. The Bible, my Bible says there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. There were very many, and they were very dry. They were not just dry, they were very dry. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're going through. Only you know what you're going through in the valley. Only you know the kind of battle you're facing in the valley. And every battle has the potential to have you killed or have you kill it. Every battle. You go ready. When you're engaging in a battle, you go ready. I may, I may come out alive. I may not come out at all. And this depicts that it is possible that people, men, you go into war. And you die there in the valley. It is possible. Something brings you down. And you do not make it through the valley. You do not find yourself up on the mountain again. You get consumed in the valley. Because something happened. And you couldn't make it alive. And these are the bones we are talking about. Ezekiel is talking about here. And verse 3, he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what has died in your life. Is it your business? And you feel like it cannot say, You've given up. Is it your job? Your colleagues are on your case. You're almost at the verge of giving up. Is it your relations? Maybe with your parents? Or your siblings? There is some enmity there and you are, it's like it's irreconcilable. It's very dry. It's very dead and very dry. That is how you would describe it. That situation. Your finances, they seem like there is no hope. Like there is nothing you can do. You are in debt. You are swimming in large sums of money. Debt, you are there, you don't know what to do. You are even trying to get a loan here to offset this other loan here. And you find yourself like you are swimming and the sharks are there surrounding you. They are about to swallow you up. Your situation is very dead and very dry. The Lord would say to you this morning, prophesy to those bones. And I want us to do some prophetic. I want us to prophesy this morning. Are we ready to prophesy? 
For this is what the Lord said to these bones. Verse 5. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. The Lord is speaking to the bones. It is not Ezekiel this time. But the Lord speaking to the bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. You see, it's a process. You shall put what? Sinews. You shall put flesh. You shall cover you with skin and they shall live. That is how dead your situation seems. It has to be a process. There has to be the first thing, the sinews, then the flesh, then the skin. We are serving the God of the impossible this morning. And the God is able, and the Lord is able to bring that which you thought was impossible to possibility. And the Lord says, "You shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Your situation shall live, and you shall know that He is the Lord." Verse eleven says, "Then He said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry." And our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. Is that you today? Are you saying my hope is lost? And I am cut off. My bones are dry and dead. But the Lord says, verse 12. Behold my people, I will open your graves. And cause you to come up from your graves. And bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know. That I am the Lord when I have opened up your graves. I don't know what your situation is, but this morning, this afternoon, I just want you to pray. Before we start prophesying, I want you to pray for yourself. Don't care. You know, it, 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 it's you who know what you're going through. Don't mind your neighbor. The Lord says, I am here. I am listening. Make your requests known to me. The angels of the Lord are here. They are ready to minister to your needs this morning. Make your request known to him. Make your request known to the Lord. Are you sick? Make your request known to God. Are you in debt? Make your request known to God. Are you in pain? Make your request known to God.